You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Sorry, I messed up. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group 1 Realty Studio in West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fabulous job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. Now joining us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline for his weekly visit, Keith Richard. How are you doing this morning, bud? I'm doing great. Final week of the regular season is here, and boy, the Warhawks have plenty to play for. I want to start with this, Coach. Uh, you guys have really raised the bar. Uh, you go on the road last week, and you get uh, one of two games on the road. But it was almost to the point now you hear some Warhawk fans like, oh, man, they lost this weekend. What's wrong with this team? I'm like, heck, they just went on the road and picked up a win. They split for the weekend. You know, you forget anytime you split, that's supposed to be a good thing, you know. Yeah. And, and so, uh, but that's okay. You know, at least we got some interest going and you know people are, are interested to see how we do and finish and that's a good thing and uh so you know all in all last week uh coming out with a split when you look back on it uh that's a good weekend for us and uh you know moving forward to this week uh you look back at last week of course you pick up the victory on thursday you called it an ugly victory but a win at that uh what was that like to win a game like that and basically have to grind one out it was, uh, first of all, it was tough to watch. It was tough to, you know, I mean, both teams struggled offensively. Uh, I mean, just the shooting percentage, uh, the offensive numbers after the game, the percentages for both teams uh, were really poor. And so it became a game of, you know, the defensive end. And then uh, who can make a timely offensive play that they hadn't made all game? And fortunately for us, we did. Uh, I'll give you an example. With three minutes to go, uh, we're three down, and Travis Munnings, who did not shoot the ball well at all in that game, hadn't made a three and was really struggling. He makes uh, his only three uh, to tie it up. Uh, you know, a minute later, he makes two free throws. We're up two. And timely, you know, offensive possessions toward the end that that helped us win the game. So, you know, at this time of the year, you know, Aaron, it it, it uh, you kind of you kind of shift gears a little bit. Uh, I mean, we're we're in you know uh, win mode. You know, it doesn't kind of matter how anymore. It's just win, trying to win because you know what's at stake in terms of conference seating, and they're not going to look back and say, "Hey, well, you didn't you didn't shoot the ball well, so we're going to drop you two, two two seeds down right now." You know, it's just kind of you got to try to win right now. And uh, so that's what that game was about at South. It was just – it was it was a good win. It was an ugly win. It, you know, it was an ugly win. But at this point of the season, it was a good split for us and, uh, you know, good to get out of Mobile with, uh, with a win. Unfortunately, on Saturday you had your, uh, what, five-game winning streak snapped to Troy. I know uh, foul issues kind of led to some uh, issues for you guys. Uh, ultimately, what cost you get that game against the Trojans? We we weren't far off, you know. I mean, uh, we didn't we didn't we didn't play great. Uh, we didn't play bad, and you know, Travis got in a little bit of foul trouble, which we can't afford. That this team can't afford a Travis Munnings or a Sam McDaniel or you know any one of the 
major point producers, you know, to, to be in foul trouble. We just can't. We, we can't absorb that, and it's hard for us to. And so that happened a little bit. And, you know, I watched the game again on film, and we had plenty of opportunities there in the second half to, to go take that game. We really did. And we just couldn't get it over the hump. I mean, Sam McDaniel had a poor shooting night and uh, got some great looks, great looks, right at some key moments that uh, that we kind of had been hitting before in, the, in winning seven out of nine. But, but this particular game, they just don't go down. And, and so, uh, you know, then it's a three-point game. We got them on the ropes. Here we come. And they bank one in, a desperation shot. Uh, at the shot clock buzzer with 50-something seconds left that kind of put the nail in us. Uh, but we were, we were close, you know. We were we were close as I, as I think back on it and look back on it and just decipher it. Uh, we just didn't quite play well enough. And and, uh, uh, and so, you know, you take you take the loss and, and you move on. And because, uh, as you mentioned in the start, a lot, lot to play for this week. On paper, you just finished a stretch of playing a lot of the uh, league uh, upper echelon teams. You look at it, of course, you close out the regular season versus Arkansas State and Little Rock, but a lot of fans, and heck, you throw me in there included, I forgot about the stretch at the beginning when you squared off against these two squads on the road and you lost to them. What has changed from the beginning of the year with Arkansas State and Little Rock to now? Well, I, I, I think both of them, are a lot like our team last year. And what I mean by that is is that when you look at both teams on film, they don't look like two teams that finished at or finishing at the bottom of our league. If you didn't know their records, you would say, hmm, they're not bad. And we were kind of the same way last year. If you didn't know our record in conference play and just watch film, you'd say, hey, that, that team – Team's not bad right there, and 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 they both these teams have had some of the same kind of luck. They've lost they've lost numerous close games, uh, or they could have seven, eight wins in in, in league play. So uh, that's that's kind of what we're facing here is two teams that uh, you know record wise within the league they're at they're at the bottom, but they're not far off from being in the pack with the rest of us. And so uh, they both have good quickness, uh, which which bothers me uh, because, you know, quickness is the one thing as a coach that sometimes you can't, you can't prepare for, you can't uh, coach against sometimes. They have quickness. And, and, uh, uh, and, you know, they put the ball on the ground. It's hard to stay in front of them. And that type thing, and so they both got a little length, in particular Arkansas Little Rock. So, uh, you know, we we just uh, we got to be ready, and uh, and it's been a little while since we played them, but you know, having three days here to prepare, I think's really helped our team in terms of being able to show them, show them film on and on and on. So I believe we'll be ready to play. All right, Keith, you guys are playing an exciting brand of basketball. You've won seven of your last nine games. The age-old question, what has to happen to get some fans out there for these final two home games uh, this week in Fan Ewing? Well, Aaron, I, I think that, you know, I think people will show up for these two. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I think that, uh, you know, we have a, a, a late-arriving uh, <laughs> 
fan base, if you will. Uh, just, just you know, they get going late January, February. Uh, I, I think uh, I think we've spurred some interest with this with this uh, streak that we've had. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to you know two good crowds. I believe they'll come. I believe people will, uh, have heard enough about our team and and that uh, they're they're uh, you know interested in watching us play. And 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 we are an exciting team the way we play this year. And and uh, so I hope that we have good crowds. I think we will. Keith, have you uh, crunched the numbers and kind of looked at the standings? What needs to take place for seeding wise and what it means for a first round bye for you guys? Well, we need obviously we need to win two games to have an opportunity to, uh, you know, finish third or fourth, which which gets you a first round bye. And uh, it's not mathematically automatic that if we win the two, it, that can happen. But it's most probably it's most probable, you know, percentage wise, just based on what other who other people are playing and where and that type thing. And and so uh, you know that's what. Uh, out there in front of us and uh you know if we don't if we split then uh probably going to be tough to uh finish in the top four obviously if we don't win if we go oh and two then you know we'll be further down but uh you know it is what it is here we are i'm happy uh that these group of players who did not quit on the season did not quit on themselves did not throw in the towel at one and six I'm happy that they get this opportunity. This is this is neat for them. And uh, so, you know, that's kind of the way we've been approaching it all week. And that what a great opportunity we have here in front of us. Let's let it all you know, let it all hang out here this week and we'll 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 see where uh, we end up by Saturday night. One final co- question, uh, Coach. Uh, we are very excited about, of course, postseason play next week. March Madness on the horizon. The college basketball continues to get some ugly headlines. From a guy that has been in this business and is very passionate about college basketball, what do you make of the headlines now with the uh, scandal that is potentially ready to blow up in this game? Well, uh, what I make of it is is that, uh, you know, that world of, uh, you know, the underbelly of college basketball, uh, many of us have, you know, known about it or heard about it for you know many many years now uh we i've never been you know involved in the quote unquote underbelly or whatever you want to call it uh and so uh you know it's just been kind of from a distance in my in my position you know and and, uh you just hear things throughout the years and and uh you know obviously some of it was true and uh the NCAA, we're really in a, you know, just as a whole, we're just kind of in a mess, you know, and uh, the amateurism issues and the, the, uh, you know, things are just different now. I, I've come to believe that, too, just from reading and listening and kind of being in it but kind of a bystander amongst it all. This is a different day and time than it was 20 years ago, and things are different, and I don't know that the NCAA has changed with the times and so uh i think there probably will be some change you know and and with this with the how the ncaa operates and and uh and probably for the good uh because uh you know it's it's like the old guy told me one time when i was 
way back when I in the late 80s, I was griping about uh, how much some uh, calendars cost. I was selling calendars at Marshall as a part-time coach. And oh, the owner said, well, Keith, let me tell you a story. He said, you know, hamburgers used to be 35 cents. You know, they're fifty now. It, things change, and, and you got to change with it. And it's kind of the same thing with uh, our, our organization, meaning the NCAA and amateurism and all that stuff. Things change, you know, and, and probably need a wholesale or need some changes to keep up with the times. Keith, as always, appreciate the time. We'll see you Thursday night out at Fannyman. Okay. Thank you all. Keith Richard, ULM's head basketball coach. Big week for them. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, hearing him talk about that, it, it reminded me of, of, of what Jay Williams was saying on, on SportsCenter yesterday. He made a lot of good points about, um, you know, kind of making the case for payers, players to get paid, uh, basically saying that, you know, <clears throat> when <clears throat> interest rises, you, for instance, when when the NBA is bringing in more money, the salary cap increases, right? When the NCAA, when schools are bringing in more money, the scholarship remains the same of the same value, and that got me thinking. Like like you know, we can have a debate if you want about whether or not college players should be paid. I think we could, we could have a whole show about that, and I'm sure we get a lot of feedback on that. Maybe we'll get to that. That's how Tuber Tabor cues the music right on there. He's <laughs> like, all right, yes. No, but uh, it, it's a good point. And he brought up the fact that maybe there's a, a situation where you could do something where college players get paid for, you know, like rights for their likeness. You know, whatever the university uses uh, with their likeness, uh, maybe they can get paid some, somehow with that. I don't know. I don't have the answers. But it, I think it's a, a conversation worth having. ULM at home this week. Uh, they are doing their part. They are winning. They're playing an exciting brand of basketball. At some point, I mean, have you seen any promotion yet for this game? I have not. Uh, I mean, they're doing their part. I mean, hopefully uh, fans will come out and check them out. Uh, I think you'll be pleased at what you see. I, and I, I haven't really even seen uh, the storyline about the Troy game, honestly. I mean, let's let's be honest about it. I, I think this team deserves a little bit more promotion. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. We're back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. 
Hey, this is Doug Gottlieb with a very important message. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car in the tracks, you're right, it will, about a mile after it hits you, which surprisingly happens more than you think to people who try and beat trains across the tracks. In 2015 alone, 230 people were killed at railroad crossings. So next time you see a train approaching, don't try and beat it, because statistics show you might lose. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. On Friday, March 2nd, Bruce Willis stars in Eli Roth's new action film, Death Wish. After a devastating home invasion, a family man morphs into a badass revenge machine when the system fails him. You'll find yourself asking, how far would I go to protect my family? Is this right or wrong? Bruce makes this troubled character both a force to reckon with and deeply human. You'll love it. Bruce Willis is back and full of swagger. Don't miss Death Wish. In theaters, Friday, March 2nd. Now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show, 888-993-7762. Jake, where do you want to go here? You want to, uh, we've got a couple of clips here to play. I think we're going to start last night, what we witnessed in uh, boys' basketball. Ugly affair out at West Monroe. Uh, 61 fouls called in all. Is that the number, or 62? I had 62. Others say 61, so... <laughs> We all lost count, yeah. Uh, 83 total free throws shot in this game. Lafayette crew calling the game between Washita and West Monroe. Ultimately, though, the Lions do end up prevailing 71-57. They advance on into the state quarterfinals. Afterwards, we caught up with uh, Jeremy Madison, Washita's head coach, and we talked about the ugly game. Yes, there was a lot of fouls called. I told my guys yesterday we had to adjust to the fish because I didn't know the association that was coming. So we, we didn't do a good job in the first half of adjusting to the fishes, but uh, great win. Talk about this win. What can you guys learn from it? Because you certainly had some opportunities there late where you could have put it away, but some boneheaded plays. Yeah, we did do some uh, crazy stuff right there in the fourth quarter when it's time to win the game. Um, we got to shore those things up moving forward. Uh, Willie, Willie did something crazy. Paul did something crazy. KD did something crazy. Things that we shouldn't be having it until us in the fourth quarter. But you're moving on. It's got to feel good. That's, that's the main thing. We're moving on. Uh, just got to get ready uh, tomorrow and Thursday and get ready for Friday in the Madhouse, baby. How big was KD there towards the midway point? Oh, I cut off Hunt Sucker. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to hear his question or response, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was my bad. Uh, Pep Peeva might always say, talk about it. And I know. And then I do as I, I always, Whenever I say that to I'm like, why? Yeah. Why did I just say that? Back to the point, though. Washita does advance on. There were some just boneheaded plays, besides the calls, boneheaded plays uh, in the fourth quarter. Washita had a, literally a double-digit lead. Give Rebels a little credit for marching back and fighting back into that game. But Washita had the opportunity to just take smarter shots and yep. they're out of control and some just uh, dumb turnovers late in that game. They're going to have to clean up a lot of that stuff if they expect to advance past uh, Bonneville in the next round. Yeah, but here's the deal. Um, what I was impressed with, all the, all the things you just said are true, but Paul King fouls out about midway through the fourth quarter. Yeah, because he went crazy, played hard to the hole when he right. should have pulled it out, and he gets called for a charge. Yes, not his best moment. But he's been their go-to guy at the free throw line all year. And so with him on the bench, they had to turn to some other guys, guys like R.J. Hill, and they made their free throws late. And I thought I took a lot away from that and actually asked Coach Madison about that. And he said, 
I'm I'm so glad we played those guys early in the year because they were ready for this moment and they weren't. You know th- that place got loud when they were shooting those free throws late, and for those those kids to step up and make those free throws, that was that was really big for Washington. You look at the five A bracket, no uh, huge upsets in the second round. I mentioned the fact Washita will now square off against the seventh seed Bonneville, Bonneville, and then at the top of the bracket, Natchitoches Central, the number one seed, uh, they take care of business versus uh, Denham Springs. Look out for uh, Landry Walker; they are a three seed. They would have a potential matchup against Washita Parish in the semifinals. Other takeaways from last week, last night in the second round, we do get this matchup in the quarterfinals: Carroll versus Wasman, a five versus a four seed. It'll be played out at the Belton Complex on Friday night. Oh, happy day! <laughs> Listen, I, you know, I said this yesterday how I, I was talked to both coaches and made reference to, hey, you know, if you win, you get to, you get that matchup. They both coaches were quick to say, "Listen, we are so focused on our opponent because, you know, Baker last year against Wasman, Wasman only beat him by six. Now last night, Wasman ended up winning that game, eighty-seven to sixty-two, which tells me I, I think other than Ravel in our area, I don't think any team's playing as good a basketball as Wasman. Wasman went undefeated in district." has cruised through look they they went two weeks without playing and then beat their first round opponent by like 45 points something like that then they beat a very athletic baker team like they did last night i I wouldn't want to play wasman right now if i was a basketball team then you go back just the history of these two programs and all you got to do is go back just a few years ago first uh, year as casey jones is the head coach at wasman it was a playoff atmosphere it was a playoff game a couple years ago how packed that place was oh, man. you go back to last year in the semifinals when they squared off down in lake charles wasman advancing on this past this past year with the, the two games that they played in front of packed houses with that said i got a feeling uh, they're going to cram as many people in there as possible. And if you plan to get in there, you need to be there. Early. We're going to have to leave this show Friday and head straight over there and, and get in. Uh, and 3A also, uh, Richwood, keep an eye on the Rams. They're extremely talented. They're very big. They are a seven seed, but now they're going to have their hands full against the second seed, Peabody. Yeah, down to three teams in that district now. Uh, other takeaways from uh, last night in the second round of the boys' high school playoffs, Ravel is just Ravel. For the second uh, game in a row in the postseason, they score over 100 points, 104 to 55. Jake had it at uh, 25, their average margin of victory throughout the postseason. I made that easy. Uh, you're in good shape. Yeah. Right now. I mean, they would have to have a bunch of squeakers from here on out. Uh, a couple of two-point games uh, for the rest of the tournament. I don't see that happening, so I think I'm in the clear. Watching them again last night, uh, Bill Platt uh, attempted to run with them, and they got so excited when they were able to score a layup, and before they could even blink and get back, (laughs) Rabel's heading down the other end and jacking up a three, and they're losing a point on that possession. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I I would not play Rabel's game. I just wouldn't. I don't think any team in 2A can really play that game and come out victorious against Rabel. And, you know, we talk a lot about Malik Wilson, the, the top-rated junior in the state. But, sure. man, that's supporting cast. It's the whole they team. they got a number of players that can fill up the hoop. It's the bench players, too. I mean, they are deep. They are athletic. They are long. Yeah. They can shoot. They can They can do it all. They're, they're a very good basketball team. We, we're not just hyping them up. I mean, that you see these scores. You know how good this team is. As it typically is, the higher classifications grab a majority of the spotlight. But in the lower classes in North Louisiana – Still some uh, great representation, a lot of high seeds. 
uh, we should have a number of teams making their way down to Lake Charles come next week. On the girls' side, they're getting ready to play for state championships. The semifinals have wrapped up for our uh, area squads, and we got uh, four teams playing for titles on Friday. Just a little recap on what took place uh, yesterday. We start in the 4A ranks. Neville, of course, in the semis for the first time since 86, going after their first state title since 59. You wonder how they would handle that situation? Playing Flying in the colors. semifinals, uh, I think they did pretty well. Yeah, they raced out to a 24-7 to lead. I mean, they shot out of a cannon in the first quarter. And though, you know, South Lafouche would make some runs at it, they were able to hold them off, and they had a huge fourth quarter where they made seven of eight shots to close that game out. Lori Gimbel out getting an opportunity to play for a state championship Friday night. Here's uh, Neville's head coach on the victory against South Lafouche, 56-45. What a game. You know, I, I think coming in, we were a little nervous. This is my girls' first time being here. You know, but I'm so proud of what they've accomplished this season. We knew South of Foose was going to be tough. Uh, we've looked at some film on them. You know, they, they were scrappy. They was going to get after it, and they was going to give us a run for our money. You know, I think at first when we came out the way we did so strong, we kind of set back a little bit, you know, the second half when we came out. And we let them get on a little run. We just kind of got complacent with what we were doing in the first half. But but I've got to tip my hand to my girls. They battled at the end. You know, they, they got a little tight there, got a little nervous, got a little foul trouble. You know, there, there was times on the boards when we didn't do our job of taking care of blocking out, and, and they was able to convert underneath. But I thought we fought hard in the end to, to pull that out. As Jake mentioned, the third quarter when Slough Lafouche got back into the ball game. Lady Tigers, uh, one of nine from the field, but they come through in the fourth quarter, actually winning the fourth quarter, 16-15, to 15, pull away with the 11-point victory. They're going to have to clean it up a little bit with the uh, 27 turnovers yeah. overall in this game. They'll be going up against an Easton squad that comes in, I believe, as the four seed. They're coming off a 10-point victory against Benton. They're making their third title appearance in five years. Yeah, and, and listen, this has been a fun ride to see Neville go on this run because, you know, I was talking with, with Coach the other day and she was telling me that this group is special because they were willing to accept more changes, meaning that they want to do a, little, a couple more different things this year. They wanted to play with a little more up-tempo. They wanted to press a little bit more, and this team was able to, to – this team bought in, and, and they, they bought into that, and now Neville can beat you in several different ways, and that's helped them throughout this postseason. Uh, in 1A, we had the uh, Jonesboro-Hodge girls in the semifinals for the first time since 1988 under first-year head coach Christy Brothers. Unfortunately, they fall in the semis, 80-49. to 49. The story of this game, a 5,000 career points score in Andrea Cornell. I was, <laughs> Dude, for, for a girl to be that good, we got to learn her name. Uh, I actually called down there. I spoke to a couple people. I said, Nobody hey, knows. Uh, we got different versions of it. Uh-huh. She scored 5,000 career points, and she's still going at it. She averaged 35 points per game this year. Uh, she did even better in the semis, uh, 40 total points, 7 assists. So basically, she accounted for, what, 54 of their 80 points. That's insane. She was 15 of 18 from the free throw line, made 11 of 29 for the field. Jonesboro Hodge uh, had some uh, issues from the field, uh, only made four field goals in the first quarter in the second quarter even worse only could connect on three of 20 christy brothers did an incredible job in her first season at jonesboro hodge but ultimately you can hear the disappointment in her voice her lady tigers will not be playing for a state championship 
thoughts. I'm proud of the girls um, and the season that they have had, but I know that they're capable of so much more, and we, we just didn't execute tonight. Defense wins games, and we did not play uh, much of any tonight, and that was the ultimate uh, issue of concern. The other side of the 1A bracket had a North Louisiana matchup. Delhi squaring off against Arcadia. Lady Bears going after the school's first ever state championship. They win 47 to 34. You look at uh, Delhi, the first quarter, they did not make one single field goal. They were 0 for 8. They were only trailed, they actually led. They made uh, seven free throws in the first quarter and mm -hmm. led over Arcadia 7 to 5. Thankfully, the offense picked up after that for both teams, but ultimately, uh, Delhi goes on to win 47-34. They improved to 29-7 and on the year. They will play for a state championship on Friday. So, in all, we got, uh, I believe, four area teams competing for titles, and they all play on Friday, 10 a.m., Division 5, Claiborne Christian, the number one seed, versus number two seed, Christ Episcopal at noon, Class C, Atlanta versus Plainview. That is a matchup of number two versus one, number one. That's the same in Division One, one versus two. At two o'clock, the 1A finals will feature uh, Delhi versus Maryville. That is another matchup of one versus two. And then the nightcap features the 4A championship game, Neville as the number three seed squaring off against Easton. Nice, you just killed that. You need to get on Instagram and pat yourself on the back. <laughs> Uh, that is our wrap-up from uh, the big night of hoops. We look forward to a little college hoops tonight, correct? Correct. Trent wants to know who y'all got in the LSU game tonight. Go Tigers. You know, Trent, I don't know. Uh, South Carolina is the 12th team in the SEC, ranked 12th, but they have wins against Auburn, the best team, and Kentucky. So I think that just goes to show you what, what kind of parity you have in the SEC and how – on any given night, any team can beat any team. So I, I, I honestly don't know. I, and LSU's been so inconsistent this year, you know, you never really know what you're going to get with LSU. Phone line's open. I'm tired of talking, and I'm tired of hearing Jake's voice. Hit us up at 888-993-7762. We want to hear from you on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318 255 5980 for more information or visit legacyrehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Hi, I'm Greg Tilly. You've got to see our new five-bedroom, three-bath double-wide. Deluxe appliances, designer decor, finished sheetrock for only $92,995. It's over 2,400 square feet. See it at Tilly'sHomes.com or come visit us in Bossier City. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. 
He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the morning drive. What up, Jake? What's up? Um, something I want to talk about is, and it's another reason why we just love sports, is this Dwayne Wade story from last wow. night. Now, Dwayne Wade, if you haven't The twilight heard, of his career. Yeah, but he made his return to Miami. Yeah. A lot of fans were excited about his return to Miami, including Joaquin Oliver, who was one of those who who, who um, was was murdered in, in, in the um, in the shootings, mm-hmm. school, school shootings. shootings. So Dwayne Wade got got word of this, and the the kid was actually buried, 17 years old, was actually buried in a Dwayne Wade jersey. Um, so he was a huge fan of Dwayne Wade, and uh, Dwayne Wade got word of this wrote his name on his shoe, dedicated the rest of the season to him, mm. goes out there, uh, they're playing Philly, and hits the game winner with uh, Joaquin Oliver's name on his shoe. I mean, that's that's awesome. And, and that's, you should have saved that for your parting shot. Well, I, I thought about it, but uh, yeah. I couldn't wait to talk about it. I, I think that's just so s- such a great story just because at the end of the day, you know, we get caught up in, in all these, these different uh, – the weeds of sports, right? And, and – a lot of times we make it not fun, honestly. But this is what it's all about. It's about inspiring people. And, and, and at the end of the day, it's a game. It's, it's something that we all rally around together. We talk with our buddies about. It's why we all love it. And this kid loved Dwayne Wade. And Wade caught, caught win and, and honored him hmm. and hit that game winner. And it just it, it, it really does melt your heart. And what that meant for that boy's family. Absolutely. I mean, it, you can't even put that into words, what that meant to that, that family. I think he scored 13 of the final 17 points for Miami, including that game when it were just over five seconds to go. You need to follow that up with a LeBron's uh, Instagram tweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's stop hating on LeBron. He's, he's taken enough. He's our new Clay Travis. Um, yeah, but it, really cool. I mean, I just think that that's – that's deserves to you know be talked about because that that's that's what it's all about right it's about you know in, inspiring people being a hero and 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 then it's just a great story to hit that game winner you know after you know honoring him with the rest of the season I saw a very similar story on uh, e60 if you haven't witnessed it uh, Carson Wentz and the relationship that he developed with a boy up there in uh, Philadelphia and of course uh, the boy gave him a wristband, a, a mm. destroyer, I think it was. Mm. They they play it over and over. If you get a chance, it's worth you know the 15, 20 minutes it takes to watch it. Uh, and then you know he continues to wear that wristband, and he just talks about you know it was a brief encounter he had with this boy, but just the impact that he had on him and the impression that he left. And then of course the flip side for that family to con- continue to see Carson Wentz honor their son, good stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff. What what is this? Are we trying to make uh, people cry. Softies. Yeah. yeah. Want to talk about fouls, officiating? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's that, that's important though. I, I think it's important to talk about that stuff because a lot of times, like I said, we 
we talk about sports like we hate it sometimes, right? Yeah. I mean, because it can be frustrating, but at, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's the human interest story of it. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. just not about the stat lines. Everyone can connect to that. Yes. Yes. But uh, one thing I did want to bring up, and I guess this is where we get a little bit uh, – a little bit more negative. <laughs> this is where Jake turns <laughs> so, so quick. He goes heel that fast. Yeah, that that quick. So this whole I, – I know you don't love the NFL draft, Aaron. Yeah. I love it. I, I think it's very interesting. I think – and I think the Saints have proven what, what the NFL draft can do, right? The past two years, it has changed that team. That's why I always think it's so important and I always look forward to it. And I like the stories leading up to it. I like hearing, you know, who's interested in who, why isn't this team interested in mm-hmm. this quarterback who dominated college. I mean, look at Sean Watson last year. Kind of getting the same story this year with Baker mm-hmm. and definitely with Lamar Jackson, who was a Heisman winner, yet he seems to be overlooked. And that's kind of where I'm heading because Josh Allen is – I think everybody thinks he's going number one, right? He's got all the tools. He he, he looks like a quarterback. He can throw it a thousand miles. But this is a quote from an AFC scout. Josh Allen has the best arm I've ever seen, but I have no idea if he knows what he's doing on the field. Hmm. If that is a quote from an AFC scout – are you seriously considering taking this guy number one overall? Especially, Aaron, especially if you're the Cleveland Browns and you have a track record of going through quarterback after quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. Are you really going to take a gamble with Josh Allen? Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what's – I think it's so interesting because I, he can't go number one, right? If he has these many questions about – accuracy and if he can actually mm-hmm. pick it up mentally and, and it does do you, if you're a Cleveland Browns well first of all you don't have much faith if you're a Cleveland Browns fan mm-hmm. but if you're a Cleveland Browns fan do you have any faith at all that your team can take this this project because this it's going to be a project you can take this project on and develop him into Jared Goff right mm-hmm. I mean Jared Goff had a horrible rookie year and then you saw what he did last year now he looks like one of the better quarterbacks in the league and everybody can be honest. It's not like we tuned in week in and week out and tried to find a Wyoming game to watch. No. And then when they were squaring off I against did. an attractive opponent, you'd watch. And, right. and, and if you didn't know the backstory, and of course, if you know he looks the part out there, but it wasn't like he popped out and like, oh wow, that should be the number one pick right there. Exactly right, Aaron. Because I I remember there were two occasions where I watched Wyoming games. And I watched it because I wanted to, to watch this guy that everybody talked about. And I was just left scratching my head going, this is the guy? Uh, this this is the guy y'all are talking about? I, I, I don't see it. I really don't. And then then they come back, oh, the measurables. Oh, the, the arm. Oh, man, he could be. He could be. He could be. And that's what you're going to say about everybody. But I just look at Lamar Jackson, and I get it. Uh, he, he had some accuracy issues himself before they – worse than are his accuracy questions worse than josh allen's right and at least with lamar jackson you know this guy can break the pocket and make things happen with his legs you know what i mean i just for for that reason it kind of baffles me sometimes i I feel like we overthink it a lot in sports and sometimes you just got to look at the game film and say can this guy play can Mm. he play Mm. uh Tabor weighs in over at the uh, sports talk 97.7 headquarters who do you think he could be almost compared to Tabes? I think he reminds me of Jeff George. Mm. 
not good. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> He's got more hair than Jeff George. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, not no, today's that's... Jeff George hair. <laughs> <laughs> You you bash on me about the NFL draft. I do find it a little fascinating. I do like you, watching a little bit of the combine. We had some conversations last yeah. year because you thought I was being silly getting into it, yeah. and I told you it was. Hold on, refresh my memory, Aaron. And yeah. this this might have been Matt Reynolds. Yeah, uh, was, probably was it, confusing me for Reynolds. Was it the first year you actually like kind of sat down and watched the full draft? Maybe that might have been Matt. Yeah, that was probably Matt. Okay, well he he came back and acknowledged that it was exciting. And I think uh, first round is it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, and the production value and the way that they do it and it's fast paced and uh, you can get into it. You can most certainly get into yeah. it. And I think it's fun when you see teams trade up because you see so much of Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and you see their projections and you feel like you know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And then the Chicago Bears trade up to number two and take Mitch Trubisky. And you're just like, what? And you freak out. With I, I love the draft. I love having parties for the draft and and uh, just people reacting to it. Pat weighs in, says Lamar Jackson will be Vic 2.0. You heard it here first. And Trent says Baker Mayfield will be the next coming if he can control his emotions on the field. Can't be shaking his rascal at the opponents. Can't wait for the draft. By the way, I'm scheduled to make my uh, combine challenge next week. I only do one of the events, so uh, we'll see how I fare against some of the, uh, the bench press? up-and-comers. How the uh, 40... Six or how old am I? Forty-six-year-old fares against the twenty-year-olds. Last last year, I thought I could probably do more than Cam Robinson, and he ducked out and did not do it at the combine. Wait a minute, where do you do this at? I do it at St. Frederick. I'll do it next week. Okay. Yeah. So who who's going to be doing I, it with you? Uh, nobody. But I'm going to compare my number against uh, some of the uh, up-and-comers. I gotcha. That just shows you how you know. What was your What was your number last? Twenty-three. Year? That's two hundred twenty-five pounds. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm getting older, fatter, <laughs> slower. <laughs> yes, we're not timing me. <laughs> I, know. I know. Can we do the forty-yard? Who, who, who's who out there? Should I try to beat KJ Malone? <sighs> yeah, that's a three hundred pounder. Good. That's a. That's actually. I think you hit it on the nail. Uh, on, on the uh, first a local try. guy. Yeah, KJ Malone would be perfect. Well, he's uh, getting a lot of play right now. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, Danny Etling, I understand, uh, spent some time Stop. in Canada working Stop. on his throwing technique, Stop. and he's looking forward to uh, displaying it uh, at the combine. He did. He did receive an invite. Okay, that good for good for Danny. We're all rooting for Danny. Why did I say right there? Get you all riled. I up? just thought I felt it was coming. It didn't. I thought you were about to throw Danny under the bus well, because heck, you did it all season long. Uh-huh. Why not do it again? Mm. But uh, good for you. Mm. I think you're maturing and you're. In your old age. 888 My old age, I can't even figure out how old I That's am. That's right. <laughs> old as dirt. The Morning Drive is back after this with our parting shots. You want new window tinting for your car, and you're getting tax money back from Uncle Sam. Bring that combo to Magic Glass and Tint in West Monroe and let us tint you up. Not only does professional tinting from Magic Glass keep your car cool, but it protects the interior from harmful, damaging UV rays, all at very affordable prices. Expert window tinting and accessories for your car or truck. Magic does it all. Magic Glass and Tint, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors 
cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road car king. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. Hey folks, this is Jody Wood with Wood Marine. If you missed us at the boat show, the time is now to get incredible deals on Phoenix fast boats, low fishing boats, and pontoons, all powered by Mercury Motors. Past and present military and their immediate family will also receive additional discounts up to $1,250 on low boats. 2018 models are on the floor and only a couple 2017 models remain at blowout prices. If your boat needs a tune-up, stop by our 6,000 square foot service department. We'll have you back on the water in no time. Come see us in Ruston or follow us on Facebook for these great deals. The Morning Drive, sponsored by BOR. Bank of Ruston, now in Monroe. Your investment property, business, and home loan specialist. Come see BOR at our new location, 2450 Tower Drive in Monroe. Or call us at 812-BANK. BOR, we are your Monroe Banking Center. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for our area. Increasing cloudiness with a 50% chance of rain today and a high of 78. Cloudy skies with a 90% chance of rain on tonight, a low 58. Mostly cloudy skies with a 50% chance of rain on tomorrow and a high of 66 degrees. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Richie said, when did Jeff George ever not have a full head of hair? Maybe Aaron is confused. George was never terrible as much as he was average. You are correct. He probably was confused. He had some beautiful hair back in the day. The, the mullet? Yeah. Oh. It was nice. It looked good on you, Jake. Yeah. Let me, let me grow that out. Let's get to our party shots. I deal in reality, Dietrich. I don't deal in some, some hair-highlighted, guy-fieri, wannabe fantasy land. That's the most negative statement that I hear from fans and media ever. So I'd really rather not have any more questions about, is it okay to lose this game? It's never okay to lose a game. Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. I lost. You lost? Yes. Oh, I was told that you won. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, sans français, s'il that's still one of my favorites, that back and forth. I don't even know what the tennis player was saying there to the reporter that uh, got a little confused on who won and lost, but still. That, that was a new part and shot, wasn't it? Uh, no, that's just an older one. Uh, you just recycle them. I guess I just uh, assumed that you were going actually to Actually did a new one. Hey, uh, basketball season may be ending here in the next couple of weeks. It may free up some time to work on some new part and shots. There you go. Yeah. What you got? All right. Well, since I blew my – Parting shot in the last segment. I was saving it for Dwayne Wade. I found an article here where Saturday Down South was going to predict spring MVPs for every SEC football team. Let's stop It's there. never too early to talk about Spring football MVPs. <laughs> Dude, I don't care. I don't <laughs> care. You can make fun of me. I get into <laughs> spring football. 
that red shirt freshman yeah. that'll emerge. And, yes. be, and then you'll never hear or see him on right, the field right. next he, fall. Letter for Nets brother. Leonard Fournette, yeah. Didn't um, he have a big spring game last year? Yeah, he did. Um, I think he led them in rushing. Is he still on the team? Oh, good question. Yeah. Good, uh, that's a good question. I completely forgot about Leonard Fournette, to be honest. Most of us do. Um, <laughs> and who was God, the, to be in that shadow. He's older brother, too, isn't he? Or he's got to be younger. Be. No, he's younger, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that sucks to be in that shadow, for yeah. sure. But anyway, I, I get into I understand. Like, I get into it, but I also, I'm also – and understand that this is, you know, guys who break out in the spring aren't automatically going to break out in the fall. But still, I think it's because we miss football so much that when the spring comes, we're, we're, we'll take anything we can get. All right, with that great lead-in, Jake, uh, we got is the spring football MVP right, so according is, to. This is Saturday Down South. They, they ran through a couple of couple – of, they ran through everything, but I'll run through a couple of them. For Alabama, they have Najee Harris. That sounds like a no-brainer. Right, I mean, you just watch him run, and you're like, "This is going to be the next great Alabama back." I mean, that it's it's unfair because Alabama just goes from freak to freak mm-hmm. in the backfield, and Najee Harris is going to be that next freak for them. And they can do that within a season too. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they rotate in three guys in there, three guys who could probably start in any any place in the country before you get to lsu i bet i can predict or who they should have predicted as the the breakout guy or the spring football mvp okay well uh i want to name arkansas real quick okay. because that's your oh, team. chad morris yeah. yeah your boy he's the the breakout mvp yeah no a player who who would you guess i, I you know david warren. warren would be fun yeah uh no it's actually cole kelly the quarterback the six foot seven guy who aaron i don't know if you you saw him play too much. I, I was not very impressed. Now, maybe your, your boy Chad Morris can get in there and, and coach him up and, and, and transform him into a really good quarterback, but I have my doubts. He looks the part, six foot seven. Yeah, he looks like a monster out there. Right. Um, Auburn's Jarrett Stidham. That's nah, not too fun. Yeah. Georgia's DeAndre Swift. I mean, uh, Georgia's like Bama now. Georgia's the new Bama. Mm. Yeah, they, they go from freak to freak in the backfield. All right, who you got for LSU? Jonathan Giles. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, Texas Tech transfer. Yeah. Wearing number seven. Are you sick of that already? The 65 receptions that he brings from the Red Raiders, he's gonna. that's going to translate into a huge production offensive uh, catching machine for the LSU Tigers. Does he get 1,000 receiving yards for LSU? <laughs> you don't know. You just make a prediction. Well, I mean, we we, ha- we haven't seen this kid, and we haven't I mean, even seen the offense. First and then of all. I mean, everybody says, We've "Well, Ed Orz, as Ed Orgeron says this and that about so and so player. No, He's been but dominating." I, you can go back to LSU played Texas Tech in the bowl game. Remember a couple of years ago? I remember in breaking down Texas Tech film, that was the guy. Hmm. Jonathan Giles was the guy that everybody was kind of worried about. So that's not. I don't. This isn't blowing smoke. Like he actually is a really good player. Um, but you know, him being number seven, I know he's got a lot of hype and I, and I'm sure by the time the season comes, a lot of people are going to be sick of the hype and ready to see if he can perform. Uh, but I don't know. Answer the question. Do you think he can get a thousand receiving yards? He, he had a thousand receiving yards at Texas Tech. Sure. Why not? Really? Yeah. I am stunned. Mm. I thought you were going to make fun of him and say that he would get 500 receiving he's yards. He's the real deal. He's going to have a quarterback this oh, year. Oh, stop. They're going to light it up. Okay. And that, that offense is going to light it up too? 
Uh, my party shot a midweek uh, college baseball game. Sometimes they're a tough sale. What do we make of what we saw last night? And let's start with uh, LSU. And this was a fun dynamic, especially when you have Coach Cooper on, James Cooper from Grambling yesterday, and we were talking about the starting pitcher and, and the, the effort and the production that he got out of his starter, guy that didn't even get recorded out last year versus uh, LSU. He gets him all the way through the fifth and pretty much silenced LSU's bats Give Grambling a fighting chance in this ball game, an opportunity to knock off the Tigers for the first time in the program's history, and then he probably felt like he was running out of gas. He had sixty something pitches. Is that correct? He pulls him in the sixth inning, and then of course LSU bats come to life. Yeah, Grambling was leading three to one at that point, and honestly, I saw that. Uh, you know, I was at the the basketball game last night, so I was trying to keep up on Twitter. I saw that, and I thought, man, we're going to have to get Coach Cooper on tomorrow, and he's going to be able to gloat about <laughs> about Marquez, about the, the performance that he had on the pitcher's mound after not recording out loud, which is a great story, uh, by the way. I think you'd still gloat about his performance. You can that's still, something to build on. That's what's tough is, like, you still want to gloat about the job he did and the, you know, redemption from last year uh, and that performance, but it's it's also, you know, very disconcerting the fact that LSU goes out there and, and scores nine six, runs. Uh, they score three in the sixth, and then they add another six spot in the seventh. And that, when we had Coach Cooper on yesterday, he talked about the fact, you know, in the championship innings, seventh, eighth, ninth, uh, they didn't capitalize against Florida International in two of their three games. Yeah. So that's what's tough. And that's I was I was really stunned, you know, in previewing that game. I thought. I didn't dismiss Grambling because, you know, we've seen teams have success against LSU in midweek, and, and we we know the, the question marks that were surrounding Cam Sanders. So I thought maybe you see a high-scoring affair. To see that Grambling held them to, to one run entering the sixth inning, very, very surprised. And hats off to, to Christian Marquez. LSU goes on to win 10-3. Uh, to three. They'll score off against uh, Southeastern tonight. They will actually be making the trip to Hammond. The other uh, takeaway from LSU last night, nice to see former OCS standout Jake Slaughter get it going. He was uh, two for four with two RBIs in the game. Yeah, and Austin Payne, by the way, hit one over 400 feet. I mean, he crushed one of those homers. And the other thing from uh, yesterday, and, you know, you look at uh, ULM, 6-1 and one on the year going to Jackson State. I think most of us just assumed they would go on the road and they'd take care of it, uh, take care of what they were doing offensively, they'd been banging out so many hits and so many runs, what, 43 in the weekend versus uh, Northern Kentucky. And then they go out and they can only muster four versus Jackson State, and they lose. Yeah, four hits, and they only scored two runs, lost that one seven to two. Um, that's what that's what stood out to me. And Jackson State jumped all over them, jumped up five to nothing. And so I think we were a little bit dismissive of Jackson State, yeah. and we were, we were wrong. Yeah. You were wrong? Wow, you admit it. Hey, look who just walked in. Puff Daddy with his uh, college football magazine from last year. <laughs> we're talking about some spring football, baby. <laughs> uh, we will be back bright and early tomorrow. What are we doing tomorrow? Chris oh, Blair. Top 10 uh, Thursday, brother. Chris Blair, uh, voice of uh, the LSU Tigers. He's had some great calls in a relatively short period of time for the Tigers. We will also have the best calls of all time. So that'll be easy to, to, to get, yeah. And, of course, we'll be looking for you to weigh in on the Stuart Shelby State from Hotline. Tell everybody, us how wrong we are. Everybody have a great day. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning. 
Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.